believe that a man can fly um when i was in like middle school i posted a lot on the pojo.com forums and there was a guy on there that claimed to be a martial artist at like you know a not one of these fucking black belt factories you can get at a strip mall like a real like martial arts school and the guy that ran it showed him a video one time of some Buddhist monks in the Far East that could uh, create energy balls and levitate. Um, and at that point, I did, in fact, believe a man could fly. But now I think he was probably also a middle schooler who was bullshitting me. Luke, I've met this exact same guy on this very same forum. Are you joking? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no. I, at that age, I also believe that, you know, if if I went to a temple and studied martial arts, I could make a key ball. Right. Somewhere deep in like a hidden valley in Tibet, there is a guy doing Kamehameha waves. Yeah. Oh my god, I did not know you posted on Pojo. Yeah, we did not cross okay. paths, but I did post on Pojo in the DBZ forums mainly. Okay, yeah, I, I was definitely in the DBZ forums, but I was mostly in the Yu-Gi-Oh forums. Yu-Gi-Oh, hell of a show. Hell of a show, hell of a card game. You know what movie I've watched recently? What movie's that? Uh, Batman Return of the Cape Crusader, the 2016 sequel to Batman. Uh, was that an animated movie? Yeah, it's an animated film. You know, okay. they got the voice actor, the actors back. Not, not very good. Yeah, I freak, I think I watched, was it Under the Red Hood? Maybe I watched one of those, like, recent-ish animated DC movies, and I was pretty underwhelmed by it. Oh, under, I think Under the Red Hood is the good one of those. I don't remember which one I saw. Yeah, there's a lot of rough ones. Now, the, those, the thing about those is they're very easy to watch, and they're all like 60 minutes long. Right. Unlike this film, which is two and a half hours. Now, what film is that, Crystal? That would be Superman. Oh, Superman 1979, directed by Richard Donner. Yeah, the, the, the superhero film. Starring Christopher Reeve. Yeah, the superhero film about the superhero. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, sort of the the uh, platonic ideal from which all other superhero movies flow from. Yeah, when people think Superman, they think this movie, or at least they did for a while. For a long time, this was definitely the defining Superman thing, yeah. When he's making the, the speech in Kill Bill, he's talking about this movie. Yeah, and as you said on Twitter before we started, um, if you're oh, if you're only thinking about Superman in terms of this movie, that speech, everyone's, you know, and I've done this too, like, Oh, no, see, that actually reveals more about Bill's character that he misreads Superman so badly. But no, that's just who Superman is in this movie. He's kind of a dick. 
Yeah, so this this is this is kind of an evil film. I yeah yeah a little bit. This, this really makes me appreciate Man of Steel more. <laughs> oh, now I have only seen Man of Steel once when it came out, and I disliked it. So I I don't. I don't yet have a way to compare these two movies. Obviously, we're going to be watching that one soon for this, but um, I certainly didn't like this movie, and I was surprised by how much I didn't like it. Yeah, I I, I saw this as a kid and, you know, didn't, didn't blow my socks off, but I liked it well enough. When I started this, I was pretty high on it. I liked the Krypton stuff, but then it got worse. Yeah, I saw this movie as a teenager for the first time, and I remember being very charmed by all the goofy special effects and thinking the part where, like, it was just kind of a fun romp start to finish, except the kind of, like, the engine died for the scene where Lois reads a poem in her mind to Superman, uh, and then picked back up after that. Uh, this time, still I'm pretty charmed by a lot of the effects. I, I miss goofy-looking practical effects in movies. I wish we could have those back. But, um, yeah, did not, did not care for the, the images and the words and the way they were juxtaposed to say things. Uh, what, what did you not care for? I think we've talked about on this podcast that it is very easy for superhero stories to sort of accidentally... Or they, they sort of like inherently have like a Randian bent to them that you kind of have to actively push against or it's just going to kind of poison the whole story. And I feel like this movie is a great example of exactly what I mean when I say that. Yeah, this is kind of all, all the problems of superheroes are just right here. This is why this is the superhero movie. Right, it, it makes sense when you think about this, yeah, being from the 70s before, you know, there's been 50 years of fucking discourse about this shit since then. So we're gonna have a different viewpoint on it. And yeah, it shows! <laughs> The other thing I didn't remember this movie had a lot of is, you know, people talk about how Zack Snyder really goes heavy on the Christ imagery. This movie maybe goes even harder. This movie literally has Marlon Brando say, people have goodness in them, but they need to be guided, which is why I sent you, my only son, to them. And also, like, the level of power the Kryptonians have. Krypton is a divine realm. These are, these are gods. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Superman is very much a god in the form of a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, also I just kind of, any ickiness aside, kind of was just sort of boring, huh? Yeah, it kind of, there's a long stretch of kind of just nothing happening. I, uh, early on I was like, I kind of appreciate the how, like, this movie's taking its time. You know, we're spending a lot of time on Krypton, even though this stuff isn't going to come back so much. We're spending a lot of time with him on the farm. You know, ah, we're just, we're just luxuriating. I like this. And then by about halfway through, it was like, I no longer like this. Get to the fucking point already. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of in the last 30 minutes when they're like, all right, we need to have like a, like a, like a plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a crap movie start to finish. I think there's good parts. Yeah, there's good parts. Uh, Christopher Reeve, you know, people always say he's very good at selling the difference between Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah. Maybe a little too good. Yeah, he, uh, Clark Kent is just a bumbling buffoon. Yeah, it, it, Clark Kent feels extremely like a performance. More of a performance than Superman is. Yeah, yeah. And he, for some reason, he's trying to perform him as, like, a, a, a stupid buffoon, as you said. Like, going really way out of his way. Well, and I, I do think, I mean, we were talking about the Kill Bill thing, whatever, but, like, I don't think it's so much, ooh, this is what I have to act like to look normal. It's that I have to be so fucking incompetent that it would never cross anybody's mind that I'm Superman, even though I kind of look like him, because I'm him. You know? 
I guess so. But why? Well, he can't let anyone find out his secret identity, Crystal. Why does he wear a mask? Uh, <laughs> why did... Here's the thing. I would argue, uh, I think Christopher Reeve, you know, sells the the image of Superman very well. I, he's kind of getting let down by the writing. I don't really know who Clark is or what he wants in this movie. He just kind of does whatever uh, one of his dads tells him to do. Just a daddy's boy. Yeah. I guess you want to get in, do you want to get into the movie? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm, I have a bit of a stuffy nose, so I apologize for that. We're on the planet Krypton, which I like because it's like yeah. very cold and icy. Well, before that, we do have this intro bit where like we're looking at a theater and the curtains open on like black and white footage of action comics. Oh, right. And they talk about how the Daily Planet is really important and gives news to the people. Right. It's like a POV shot of a little kid reading a comic book. That I was in on this part. I liked this. Like, by all means, give me corny, hokey comic book shit. And then, like, the titles fly out of the screen within the screen until they fill up the whole screen. Yeah, I agree that I was into this part. It doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie. No, I think they're just trying to prime you with the idea that, like, we're entering the world of comic books. But, yeah, it's Batman the movie. Like, I, I can say this about a lot of things about this movie. Batman the movie did this better with the, like... With the, like, chalk, like, you know, dedication uh, at the beginning, that's that's the same idea, but better. And Batman the movie knocks this out of the water. It's so much better, it's not even funny. Krypton's very cold, very crystalline, there's no plants or animals, there's barely any light, except for their extremely bright suits that, like, make it hard to focus on their face. This is a perfectly ordered world without any humanity. Yeah, but it's not... Uh, yes, you can totally, like, read that into what you're saying, like, the set design and the costumes and all that. There's not, like, a lot of discussion about that, though. No, you gotta go to the Man of Steel for that. Sure, uh-huh. Um, they opened on this fucking <laughs> trial of, like, I guess we just missed a cooler movie happening. We got here a little too late for it. <laughs> right, well, so Richard Donner was filming this and Superman 2 at the same time, but then producers were like, no, you need to finish this movie, and we're throwing away all your footage for Superman 2. Oh, so that's why this happened. Like, he's like, well, I gotta, though. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the point of the scene is to establish that Jor-El is, you know, he's like a, a serious and partial judge man who cares about the facts, and he's holding up the existing order, but then it betrays him, too. Right, so he's he's got General Zod and his minions on trial. This is the most... I was shocked at how MCU this scene feels. Yes. Because <laughs> you could just feel, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, in another movie, we'll, this will all make sense. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but also, I, I, I guess... If you're trying to just look at this movie, you know, Zod and his cronies parallel Luther and his cronies because you have like a megalomaniac, his dumb uh, minion, and his sexy, evil, lustful minion. Yeah, I guess so. There's almost even like a sense that maybe Luther is like a reincarnation of this guy. Yeah, you could almost read it that way. Because, yeah, uh, <laughs> the, uh, what's her name? Ursa, uh, her perversions <laughs> and hatred have threatened all of mankind. <laughs> Like, okay, cool, cool place, cool guy. Really liking Jor-El here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we they open up this dome. I, again, I do really love the effects in this movie. When they, Well, I love some of the effects in this movie. When they're building miniatures and doing shitty 70s video effects, I'm all on board. When it's a lot of uh, Christopher Reeve with his arms stretched out in front of a green screen, I'm less on board. 
Yeah, I would say the effects are pretty hit and miss. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them don't work. This stuff looks great, though. Yes, this is excellent. As, like, this fucking flying square video effect, like, comes flying down from the heavens to suck them up into the phantom zone. Yeah, I, I love this phantom zone. This is iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like an evil thing, but it does look cool. It looks very cool. I don't think Superman should put people in the Phantom Zone. Probably shouldn't put people in the Phantom Zone. That seems bad. <laughs> but yeah, it cuts straight from the trial to Jor-El talking to the council about, hey, by the way, the planet's going to explode in 30 days. They don't care. And if he tries to make a fuss about it, they'll have him sent to the Phantom Zone for insurrection. How about we send you to the fucking Phantom Zone, buddy? And he's like, I don't, okay. Well, neither me or my wife, wink, wink, will try to escape the planet. Really? He really gives up this fight quick. <laughs> he goes to like, you're killing all of us too. Yeah, okay, I guess. <laughs> he's a man of reason, Luke. He's not a man of passion. Right. Uh, so his wife and him do not leave the planet, but instead they send the Star of Bethlehem to the planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> it is a big star-looking pod, isn't it? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've got their baby Kal-El wrapped up in, you know, fancy space blanket, and they stick him in the pod. Jor-El has recorded all sorts of lessons on crystals to stick on in there with him. <laughs> He talks about Einstein's theory of relativity and ancient Chinese writings, even though later he's going to say that he died thousands of years ago. Right, he died. <laughs> but also later they also say that this is 1948. But also, you know, the Kryptonians have time powers and they're gods. So there's time shit happening. Well, there I is. Guess. He does say like every galaxy you pass through on your journey has its own laws of time and space. So yes. I think time just passes differently in this neck of the universe than it does on Earth. I do really like the science fiction-y parts of this. It's just that it doesn't stay in this mode for very long. Yeah, it is weird to me that, like, you know, I can't not compare this to Batman when we just watched that a couple months ago. But, like, that movie is so deeply unconcerned with, like, Batman's origin. It does not give a shit. Batman's always been Batman. Shut up. This one is all about Superman's origin. Yeah. Like, it is gonna be, like, half the movie before he's doing Superman stuff. And even then, it's still about, like... You know, establishing all his relationships with the classic Superman characters. Yeah, Christopher Reeve shows up at, like, the 50-minute mark. Yeah. Wait, is that not him as Teenage Clark? Just in a shitty haircut? No, that's a different guy as Teenage Clark. Okay, well, they did a good job casting him and or I wasn't paying close enough attention. Uh, but yeah, they send the pot off into space, planet explodes. Uh, Jor-El, like we said, wrote it, <laughs> recorded some books on tape for his infant son. <laughs> I mean, it could also be that Jarrell's soul is alive in the crystal. Who knows? Yeah, either his soul's alive in the crystal or he's like programmed an AI that can sort of talk with his personality or that's a distinction without a difference as far as this movie's concerned. Yeah, Kryptonians can just kind of do anything. Kind of just do it. Superman does a magical girl transformation later. <laughs> yeah. Which I did not realize was in his, uh, and I understand Superman has a pretty flexible power set. But I did think it was established that he had to, you know, duck into a phone booth to turn into Superman. Uh, but yeah, this baby's just tumbling through space while the fucking Marlon Brando's like, By the way, no time travel shit. He cannot alter human history either by changing the past or by changing the present. He is instead to, to be a shining example to inspire humanity. How is, how is he supposed to do that without changing the present, Marlon Brando? Uh, he will uh, stop bank robbers and other such petty criminals. That sounds like uh, changing the present if you ask me. 
Well, no, it's it's uh, maintaining the status quo. They would have successfully robbed that bank had he not interfered. I guess so. You're saying they were changing the president and he's stopping them from changing the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like a Baron Mordo. Sure, uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, on Earth, Mom, Pa, Kent got a flat tire on their pickup truck uh, just as Kal-El's pod crashes to Earth. Uh, get just some naked little boy action. He was, he was uh, an infant when he went in the pod, but now he's like a four-year-old toddler. Yeah, it is, it... There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, like, jarring to me that, like, they don't bother to, like, try to cut around him being naked. Just like, nah, he's a little boy ding-dong's just out there. Whatever. Who cares? Don't make it weird. Yeah. It just, like, that just wouldn't happen in a movie now, I feel like. Yeah, no, they definitely cut around that these days. Yeah. You just only shoot him from the, the waist up. One of the, one of those classic bits of 70s movies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This, this really does feel like a 70s movie, more than I expected it to. Yeah, yeah. Especially in one of the ways that everyone just, just kind of casually sucks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Pa Kent's trying to fix the truck. He's got it, you know, up on a... What, oh a oh my god, thank you. A jack could not pull that word out. And, uh, you know, like, oh, Pa, mind your heart. You remember what the doctor said? Ah, I'm fine, Martha. Oh god, I'm almost crushed by this truck. But luckily, his new baby boy Superman is Superman. He can lift the truck. He can walk and lift the truck, even though he's been in a pod for 3,000 years. Three and or 3,000 three years. Three and or 3,000 years. <laughs> we had a relativistic speeds. That part I can buy. Right. Einstein's theory of relativity, different laws in each of the 28 galaxies. Right. For <laughs> Actually, for, for Clark, it's only been a couple months. They just, Kryptonians get out of that baby phase quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> he actually landed before he took off. <laughs> Uh, from there, it cuts to Clark as a high schooler. And yeah, he's, you know, it just, it's like classic Smallville Clark Kent shit. You know what happens. Yeah, he's like cleaning up after the football team, but he can't play on it because he, he would kick and run too good. He'd kick and run too good. It's, it's just Dash from The Incredibles. And he's, yes, exactly. It's just straight up that. And he'd it's love the to same go on a fucking date with, thing. He'd love to go on a date with Lana Lang, but the dang old quarterback's bullying him. I'll say I feel like what I'm about to say, there's, like, it's going to sound mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't mean it in a mean way. I appreciate they didn't get, like, a fucking supermodel to play Lana Lang. Like, she just looks like a person. Yeah, she looks like a normal person. Yeah, and he, like, he's just got a crush on her because, you know, teenage boy, whatever. Yeah, because she has the same letters as his arch enemy and his mom. Right, because, again, these days, superhero movie, every single person has to be hot, you know? Uh-huh. I just appreciate she's just, she's just regular. 70s movie. People look normal back then in the 70s. But yeah, the football players bully him and make a big old mess so that he's not going to be able to, you know, go to the whatever they're going to. But he punts the football over the horizon and then goes sprinting off. He's now running this dang freight train. I think this effect, I think the way they did this effect is cool. They have him like hanging from a harness off a truck. Yeah. And he's pretending to run. I think it looks bad. I think it looks... Mm. It's not just the time period, because I watched a movie that came out a year before this called Star Wars. Yeah. And the effects in that are pretty consistently convincing. Yeah, but does anyone run with super speed in Star Wars? No, I guess not. I think that, I agree, I don't buy that he's actually running. The way it looks bad, I kind of find charming, though. Well, fair enough. Um, that's very funny that, yeah, it's just a harness. I remember my dad telling me when he showed me this movie, no, the way they did this, he's, uh, riding a bike that they green screened out. (laughs) (laughs) That's very relatable. I also think that they have more complicated ways of doing movie magic. Uh Uh-huh. 
<laughs> well, I get where he got that idea because the way he's moving his arms and legs does kind of look like he's riding a bike, like standing up. But yeah, mm-hmm. no. Um, but yeah, he's oh, somehow he's there before they are. But all the cool kids are just like, oh, wow, you ran faster than a freight train. That's dork shit. Bye, loser. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he commiserates his dad about how he wished he could be a star football player. Why should he have to hide his abilities? Is it is it showing off for a bird to fly? Why can't I simply be the great man I was born to be? <laughs> yeah. Why must I be restrained by you little people? Because, um, Jor-El and, uh, what's his wife's name? Miss L... Starts with yeah. an L. It's something it's, it's Lara, which er, which I thought was really weird. A because it's very close to Lana. B because it's not alien sounding the way everyone else's names are. Yes, Lara L. And uh, she was saying like you know he'll be alone. He'll be different than everybody. He's not going to fit in, which isn't really Clark's problem. He wants to be better than everybody. Little bit. He doesn't. He doesn't really talk about wanting to be normal. He doesn't want to be normal. He wants to be the star quarterback. Yeah. You know, he wants to be the one everyone's looking up to. He doesn't want to be like, at least not yet, you know, at least not this Clark. He doesn't want to be like God of the Earth. He just wants to be the coolest kid in school. Yeah. And he could be. If only he could just be a... If only he could be Dash from The Incredibles. <laughs> yes. But ah, uh, dang it, is his darn upstanding corn-fed parents just keep making him hide his light under a bushel. for But it's for a good reason, because he's born to do great things. Greater things than just scoring touchdowns. What kind of great things? Because <laughs> he kind of just becomes a big touchdown scorer who's celebrated by the world. Well, you know, he helps people. He saves their lives. Yeah, I guess he saved that cat from a tree. He does He does save two... He saves with a helicopter and an airplane accident, even though, yeah. statistically, flying is the safest form of travel. <laughs> yeah, getting mixed messages about the safety of air travel from this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like a better way to do this, and I have said before, I've never been, like, a comic reader. I really like the concept of Superman, but the thing about Superman is he's a 100-year-old character that's been written by a million different fucking people, so, like, what Superman is just means something different to everybody. The way I like Superman, I feel like this movie could work really well if the Kryptonians, like, if Jor-El kinda sucked, and, you know, he has, he's, like, gotta be like, well, no, I should be, like, not alien god of the earth i should you know follow my parents that raised me that taught me like humility and shit you know what i mean Uh uh-huh and like you know caring about other people and not just you know surviving and you know doing great things with my super powers but that's not really what this movie is no the the kents are not in this movie very much you know they're in it for about five minutes which is bizarre to me because yeah in my mind the kents are like way more of an influence on him than fucking jor-el but they're just like, you could cut them out of here, practically. It's not even clear to me what the what the Kents impart on Clark. No, the, nothing in particular, I'd say. Uh, but the actor does sell it well when he just has a sudden heart attack and dies. Yes, yeah, the actor's doing a great job when he, yeah, has a heart attack, heals over, and, uh, you know, things get sad. Once Superman doesn't have his pops holding him back anymore, it's time for him to leave. He's got to get out of this town. But don't worry, he talked to another kid in town who will help his mom out. <laughs> Like, I get that it's trying to sell that. Oh no, Smallville! Smallville is just like 
a, a tightly knit community. Everyone cares about each other, but it really just feels like Clark being a dick and ditching his poor mother after his immediately after his father died. Yeah, I don't get the sense that Smallville is a tightly knit community. I don't. I don't think anywhere's a tightly knit community on the planet Earth in this film. Yeah, no, no, no. There's no sense that like people care about each other other than this one throwaway line referencing a character we don't see. It's the 70s, baby. He's Superman. He can just fly and harvest the crops on his, his fucking weekends. <laughs> It is the 70s baby, you're right. Uh, <laughs> he found, like, a Kryptonian crystal in the barn, which I guess has told him to go north. And uh, north he goes, all the way to the North Dang Pole. Again, I appreciate all these, like, shitty North Pole sets. I do, I do like it. It feels desolate. Yeah, yeah. Much like the North Pole probably feels. So then he meets, he goes inside the Fortress of Solitude and meets a burning bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he throws the crystal down and yeah, grows into the Fortress of Solitude and hey, Marlon Brando's on a projector screen in there waiting to chat. He's like, my son, I'm, I'm your dad. You don't remember me. It's only been 18 Earth years for you, but it's been thousands of years since I died. But you can ask me any questions and we can try to figure out the answers together. I'm saying that, but really I have a whole pre-prepared spiel here. I'm just waiting for you to start, give me a good segue into it. So Clark spends... 12 years in this cave studying one one whole year spent just on the human heart mm -hmm. then he comes out he's a 30 year old man i thought i thought part of this movie was going to be like hey because i spent my entire adult life in a cave with my dad right. I, I don't really know how to like be a person in society yeah no that's not a concern this this movie has at all yeah no 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 which i don't necessarily mind like it can be silly like that whatever but that that would be a way to make this movie interesting. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be a theme of of, of this movie. Because <laughs> again, this is a Superman origin story, but this scene is where we just skip over the Superman origin. <laughs> well, it's much like how we don't really know much about the middle years of Christ. Sure, exactly. Yeah, he just emerges from this cave fully formed as the supered man. Mm -hmm. And like all the interesting development that we might have gotten to see from that. Uh, well, fuck you. Uh, but yeah, now we are in the uh, Daily Planet offices. Get introduced to these folks. Is, is Perry his boss's name? Yeah, Perry White. Perry White. There we go. Let me tell you, this guy's not bad. He ain't no Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> sure, sure. I was going to say... um. Oh my god, what's his name who plays uh, Jameson in the Spider-Man movies? J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. I feel like he's basically just doing a parody of this. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing, just not quite as dialed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, we also meet, you know, uh, Jimmy Olsen, who isn't in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, I guess he's Superman's friends. He's Superman's pal. So, you know, we gotta have him in here. <laughs> he's a guy who works with Clark, so I guess that's someone he kind of cares about. Yep. We also meet Lois Lane, uh, a woman reporter for the Daily Planet. Her character attributes... <laughs> One of her endearing character attributes is that she's not good at spelling. She's cynical and she can't spell. That's what she's got going on. Yeah, you know, for that big intro about the Daily Planet, there's not really a sense that anyone here is doing anything, like, important. No. Like, the only journalist we spend any time with is Lois, and she is just chasing, like, lascivious stories to try to get her name on some big name story. And this movie is, like, right after Watergate, so that was, like, in the air, that, oh, journalism is That's important. true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here she's just, you know, she wants the sensational murder story. Yeah, how do you spell massacre, Jimmy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, she goes into Perry's office to show off her story. He's like, ah, there's only one P in rapist. Uh, as she's trying to like be like, no, this is a great story. It's got everything you need. You know, it's, it's got sex. It's got violence. It's got foreign intrigue. And he's like, yeah, well, so does a what's his, what's his line? So does a female wrestler with an accent or something? Something like that. Yes. There's a lot of dirty jokes in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, but Clark is here because he's starting here today and uh, he's trying to open a soda for Mr. White. And uh, he's, you know, he's pretending like it's just too darn hard for him to pop the bottle. Well, <laughs> I thought that maybe he was like struggling to like tone to down not just strength smash enough. It. Yeah, without breaking it. But I, no, yeah. he's just being a clown. He's just being a clown. He's just being like, oh, I'm so dopey and weak. I can't even open a, a soda pop. But he will arrange to have half his uh, paycheck sent to his mother, which Lois is very impressed by because no, no, there's no other guys in Smallville who would do that. Right. Like the way the way I remember this movie being and the way like you would make their dynamic work is just, you know, she's a cynical big city gal and he's the one honest small town. Like it'd be a fucking Jimmy Stewart movie, you know, if you fucking yeah. Mr. Smith goes to Washington, we're like, he's so bright eyed and optimistic and on one hand, she can't believe that anyone is actually like that in real life. But also, she's worried that this city's going to crush a kid like that. And, like, going to kind of take him under his wing. And you have the fun irony of, like, well, he's Superman. He doesn't need anyone to take take him under their wing. But that's not really what their dynamic is at all. No. I, she, you know, she's kind of impressed by this paycheck thing. And then for him, she's just the woman that he works with. So I guess he's going to ask her out. Right. And then ask her out again. And then ask her out again. And then play this whole rigmarole game with her. Yeah, yeah really? Just <laughs> fuck with her for no good reason? <laughs> just for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's, why is he bumping into the revolving door for no reason? What is this? Yeah, well, again, again, I think it is that he needs to sell the idea that he is such a klutz and a buffoon that, you know, no one would ever suspect him of being Superman. <laughs> Okay. You think he, he had this planned out? Like, okay, when I see the revolving door, I'm gonna bump into it. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring some kind of drink, but not be able to open it. Yeah, I mean, well, he's Superman, so he can probably think super fast. So he doesn't need to plan ahead. He can just come up with all this in the moment. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you just improvise. Um, but he kind of like follows her out the door, and they're talking. He's like, "Oh, so you want to grab dinner sometime?" And she's like, "Um, no." Oh, okay, that's fine. Uh, and they are just walking down the street, and then a mugger emerges from an alley. This is where it's really pretty unconscionable how fucking he keeps the clown routine up with this mugger. Yeah. Like, this man is pointing a gun in Lois's face, and he's too busy being like, Oh gosh, oh jeez, I sure hope we don't get- Boy, it sure would be handy if one of us was fast enough to catch bullets or something. Oh, but that's just a funny fantasy. What am I- I'm talking crazy. Even at this point, I was thinking maybe like- Okay, well, you know, he's he's been in school with Jor-El for a while, but he hasn't really had to deal with the situation, and maybe, like, having it actually in his face makes him more nervous and unable to think. Sure! But no, once he catches the bullet and then, like, smiles when Lois is not looking at him, it's clear that he was in control the whole time. Yeah, he never didn't have it. He's he's fully in control of every situation he walks into. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, people complain all the time that, oh, it's just so hard to write a Superman story because he doesn't have any weaknesses. And like, that's so fucking stupid. But like, if you're going to write him this way, yeah, I guess that is a problem. The reason people say that is because this is the movie that they're talking about. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can give him all sorts of character conflict that can't be solved by having all the strength in the universe. 
No, there's no point in this movie where Superman has to, like, suffer consequences or make a difficult decision. Yeah, like, one mode that, like, classic Superman comics were in is it's basically just fucking Archie comics, except sometimes Superman has to fly away to punch a titan or something, you know? Yeah. You could do that and this, that'd be fun. One little element of this movie is that there's a lot of focus on just, like, casual petty theft. Like, there's yeah. a tomato salesman is, like, a guy walks past and tries to s- steal a tomato. Right. There's, like, a guy who tries to steal a newspaper from the blind newspaper salesman. Yeah, yeah. You just get the sense, you know, 70s New York, no one in the city cares about each other. Right, I mean, yeah, they did have a high crime rate in New York at that time, you know, they're, whatever. Um, And speaking of crime, at this point, now that Superman has, you know, surreptitiously saved Lois from that mugger, we need to see what true evil looks like. (laughs) What does true evil look like? True evil looks like this funny fucking guy walking down the street in his little straw hat as two cops try to tail him. And he's just walking around. We know something's up with him because these cops are following him. He goes down into a subway. He's walking down the the train tracks down there. And then he stands in a little like alcove and waits for a train to come. At which point the alcove like opens up, like the back panel pulls back and there's a door back there into the secret lair of Lex Luthor. Now, Lex Luthor on this movie, pretty good. Pretty good. I would say Lex Luthor is the most successful thing about this movie. I love his lair. Gene Hackman plays him good. He has ridiculous schemes. It's fun. Gene Hackman is one of those guys that it just, he's on the screen and it's, you're having a good time, you know? Yes. This movie is generally too long and this whole lead up to like revealing Lex Luthor, I I felt like I was in it, like, did I like change the channel to a different movie? <laughs> right, it's like a shitty crime movie for about five minutes. It's like a bad version of Pelham 123. Uh-huh. But yeah, then like the cop that was tailing him tries to get through the secret door, but it just shoves him onto the tracks and he gets killed by the subway. Oh my gosh. Lex Luthor, he doesn't care when you, how many people he has to kill to do his crime of the century, even though yeah. his girlfriend is uh, nagging him about it. Why is she here? Well, she's the reincarnation of the one Kryptonian uh, villain. I mean, sure, but she just doesn't seem happy to be here at any point in time. You know, there's a pool in here, lots of books. She complains about the apartment the whole time and also seems to personally dislike Lex. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, she gets to wear gray outfits and lounge around all day and complain. It is fun to complain. It's Yeah, it's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, Lex Luthor, just the crim- the greatest criminal mastermind the world's ever seen. <laughs> this is a really good middle ground between businessman Lex and mad scientist Lex. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because he's kind of both. Yeah. I like, uh, what's her name? His evil girlfriend just being like, Lex, why do millions of people have to die? He goes, why? Why is the phone always ringing while you're in the bathtub? Why is the greatest criminal mind the world's ever seen surrounded by buffoons? And then his henchman comes in. Hey there, Mr. Luthor. Tessmacher is her name. Yes. Miss Tessmacher! Um, Lex doesn't reveal his plan for like another hour. No. We're an hour (laughs) into this film. We're already a goddamn hour into this movie and nothing has happened. Like I said, part of me appreciated that it, you know, had kind of a laid back, leisurely pace. But at some point, how about we get to the fucking movie? <laughs> now it's time to get then the little romance arc of the movie. Yeah, yeah because, uh, right, he asked Lois out. She says pretty definitively no, but this is from a time when that just meant you need to keep asking. 
So they have a date set up for eight o'clock. Then eight o'clock comes and Clark isn't there. Instead, it's well, super- no, no, no. First, we have to have the whole fucking montage of him saving people. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And Lewis's helicopters. The wire gets snagged on something somehow. Yeah, and like so, it's cr- it's crashing. But then Superman appears and saves everybody. And then we just get a. I'm loath to call it a montage because each like little vignette is way too long. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not tight enough to be a montage. On one hand, this is the stuff Superman does, but on the other hand, it just feels too dragged out. This is the same thing as the one Spider-Man montage of him stopping all the bank robbers. Yeah, but that one's good. Yeah, that one's good. <laughs> that one rules. That one's quick. Yep. Yeah, I keep I kept getting like caught off guard when it would cut to a new one because each one goes like just long enough that you think this might be the next full scene. Right. Yeah. I will say I do like when he runs, you know, you get the iconic shot of him pulling his shirt open to reveal the Superman outfit, and then he runs into a rotating door and it spins super fast and he comes out as Superman. That's good to me. Yeah. That's the cinema right there. That is a good effect. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, you know, he catches Lois Lane as she's falling. He's like, oh, who are you? I'm a friend. And then he flies away to do more do-goodery. The only black person in this film does show up (laughs) when he changes to say that outfit is bad, man. Yep. uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, there's a cat burglar climbing the side of a skyscraper with suction cups to seal some diamonds. Superman really messed. Superman's like quipping at all these guys also. Yeah, yeah. He's like standing on the side of the building being like, hey, something wrong with the elevator? And then he like scares the guy into letting go and then flies underneath of him and just stands on the side of the building again to just sort of catch him against his abs. Yeah, he's, he's, you could say he's maybe bullying this guy a little bit. A little bit. Well, that's a lot of, like, and again, Superman's a hundred-year-old character that a million different people have written, and he does everything. In my mind, Superman's not much about catching burglars and, like, car thieves. He's more about, like, rescuing people from burning buildings and shit. Yeah. But he does a lot of, like, ca- like he catches some boat hijackers, takes the whole boat to the police station. That's just gonna be a, a whole mess for them to move around. Yeah, like, the dumb and the dumb thing I have in my head is, like, well, Batman's a cop and Superman's a firefighter. And that in this one, he's just both. And, again, he has been both in comics and stuff. I know that, but, you know. I, I, watching him, like, catch guys with guns is boring. Because that's when it gets boring. Because, yeah, you're right. A guy with a gun can't do anything to Superman. Yeah, Superman especially really needs a supervillain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is one lurking below the streets of Metropolis. But uh, it's still going to be another, like, 45 minutes before he does anything but now that superman's established himself in the city he's he's a known presence everyone's wants to know what this guy's deal is he doesn't even have a name yet yeah perry's walking around just asking every reporter like you know what's his name what's his favorite sports team what kind of food does he like and every reporter looks like they're about to try to answer before he moves on <laughs> as if they don't get the bit he's doing <laughs> Uh, but Lois, while that's happening, it finds, like, a little index card that just says, like, you know, your place, your balcony, 8 p.m. So she has a date with Clark tonight. Yeah, Clark did somehow finally wear her down into going on a date with her. But Superman shows up on the balcony. Superman's there on the balcony. He's like, ah, oh, sorry I'm late. And she asks how big his dick is. She does ask how big his dick is. She does that twice, I think, in this conversation. Also, he has a visible bulge. <laughs> that's true, he does. Once again, very chaste movie, and yet also way hornier than any superhero movies that get made today. Yes. Like, Lois wants Superman's dick, and she's not subtle about it. Not at all. No, no, no. No. Uh, but yeah, she's, you know, assistant interview him, right, let's get your vital statistics. 
Uh, you know, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? Oh, 6'4 and 220. Wow. Well, no, first she asks, how big are you? And then she stops herself and says, oh, I mean, how, like, how tall are you? <laughs> right. Yes, that does happen. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's just like, oh, I'm from the planet Krypton, blah, 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 blah. Do, you know, who cares? They got chemistry. I'll, I'll, this scene doesn't suck or anything. It's just. I, th- I think uh, Lois's actor is good at selling her interest. Yeah, I agree. Um, she does ask him at one point if she knows what if he knows what color underwear she has. He's like, well, well, I can't tell because the, this planter you're standing behind must be made out of lead. I can't see through lead. And then the second she moves away, he goes, "Oh, pink." And she says, "Do you like pink?" I like pink very much, Ms. Lane. <laughs> this is the one little um, quirk of Superman that I did like because, like. Lois is is ready to go. Yeah. But he's still like, no, I I must take you on a romantic carpet ride and show you the world. (laughs) Right. She could have very easily be like, no, let's just go inside and fuck. He's like, no, 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 no. We're going up into the sky to fly around for a while. Because I think later, um, I already forgot her name. The reincarnation of the Kryptonian supervillain. Yeah. Like kisses him. And he's like, oh, geez, my first kiss was supposed to be with Lois. Why'd you kiss me? Well, I didn't think you'd let me later. She she deoed him. <laughs> she did deo him. You're right. She defiled his lips forever. <laughs> um, I do I do like this flying scene. Yeah, I am not nearly as impatient about it as I was when I was 16 watching this movie. And I like her little poem to herself, like, you know, can you read my mind? Can you see how crazy I am about you? We could belong to each other, Superman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. Like, they're, like, trying to hold her out further and further, but then she loses her grip and falls, and he's got to run and catch her. Yeah. I was... Why did he let her fall? Surely he could tell (laughs) that she was losing her grip. (laughs) You know, maybe he just wanted to let her fall to show that he's got her. Yeah, that is something this guy would do. Like a trust fall kind of thing. Yeah. Like like a non-consensual trust fall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So after um, this big romantic flight together, where she is smitten, uh, yeah. <laughs> she's in love with this man. He flies <laughs> off and decides, okay, time to annoy her. <laughs> time to immediately <laughs> land on the other side of the building, put on my suit, and knock on her door like Clark. <laughs> and then just give her a really shitty date after this good one. Uh-huh, Yeah. This is also the scene that people always, like, clip out to show, like, how good he was at playing Clark versus Superman. And I do agree that, like, it sells it well, but it's also, like, it feels out, like, why is this happening? Yes, the whole context of this is is, is bad, is absurd and bad. Yeah, it's it's doofy. Um, you know, it'd be a fun way to do a movie like this. this. You wouldn't do this for just the Superman movie, but, like, if it was, like, just Lois and Clark trying to learn about Superman and, like... You don't actually ever show Superman other than, like, what they're seeing, or Mm -hmm. what Lois is seeing, basically. And it just, like, the whole time, he's just, like, oh, geez, we'll find him eventually. And then, you you know, she can find out and get pissed at him and have, like, some character drama that way. Yeah. It's like how uh, the first Tim Burton Batman, like, kind of starts out the protagonist is Vicky Vale trying to learn about the Batman. But then it kind of gets bored of that idea after, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. I want them to do a movie like that, where, like, the protagonist of the superhero movie is not a superhero. May I direct you to Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice? Now, who would you say the protagonist of that film is? Uh, in the extended cut, it's basically Lois Lane. Okay. I wouldn't say her scenes are very good, but okay. <laughs> they spend a lot of time on her investigation. Okay. 
Listen, we're gonna watch it soon. Maybe I'll end up Snyder-pilled. I'm, I'm open to the possibility. I'm just skeptical because, boy, I didn't like Man of Steel when I watched it. Watching this movie has definitely made me more optimistic about your chances of getting Snyder-pilled. <laughs> I, I will not be surprised if I come away saying, well, it was better than the 79 movie, at least. I will say the way they did the scene where Clark shows up at the door is pretty good because there's no like cuts. Yeah. Uh, instead, she's just like looking at a projected image of Superman flying away. But Christopher Reeve is actually behind that door the whole time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Again, a lot of the special effects pretty good, especially for the time. Um, we did skip it earlier. We're going back to Lex's lair now, but we also had a short scene with them. where like Miss Thackmacher. His girlfriend was, like, lounging in a bathing suit, but they're underground, so she just has a bunch of, like, projector screens of beaches <laughs> that keep, like, glitching out. I liked that. That was a good look. It's really good. Yeah. Again, the Lex stuff, mostly really good. <laughs> yeah, Lex is really good at, like, he is genuinely really intelligent, but he's uses it all on the stupidest ideas. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right, so he is looking around through his books, you know, he's read the paper stories about Superman, like, but oh, okay, now we know one of his weaknesses, he can't see through lead. And here's another idea, he came from the planet Krypton, and according to my calculations, at least some fragments of that planet should have crashed here on Earth. Aha, look! A meteor from planet Krypton! Kryptonite, we can call it! I, I love in movies when the villain just figures it out. Yeah, he figures it out, and also... <laughs> This especially just feels like he skips like 80 steps in figuring it out. <laughs> but he's right. He's totally right. It's just very funny. He was like, no, don't you see? It's a meteor. It's just a meteorite to us. But it's going to be packed with radiation that'll kill a Kryptonian <laughs> like Superman. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would that be true? Okay. You got it. <laughs> they don't get into like the fucking like... Ah, uh, it's the yellow sun of the earth that gives Superman his powers in this movie, which I always liked as a doofy thing. No, they don't talk about the sun at all. It's all about his dense molecular structure. It's all about his dense molecular structure, and yet he weighs about what you'd expect a beefy 6'4 guy to weigh. Well, the way he says it is um, 2, 225 in a way yeah. that he could mean 2,225. It'd be really good if they did the big O bit where like he tries to get on the elevator at the Daily Planet and immediately like, throws <laughs> a little weight alarm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's got to take the stairs everywhere and they're creaking under him. <laughs> he's, he's actually flying a little bit at all times just so that he's not giving away how much he weighs. Yeah, he's pulling himself up. Yeah. That, so Luther has a whole plan where he's going to like hijack missiles. Yes. And the way they depict this is really weird. In what way? Tell me more. There's like a, a staged car crash. Yeah. And then she's like laying passed out in the road. Yeah, in like a sexy Marilyn Monroe cosplay. And then the soldiers are like, uh, hey, which one of us is going to assault her? Yeah, I'd recommend a vigorous chest massage and perhaps some mouth to mouth. Anyway, who wants to fuck this dying woman? Uh, and then how did they end up? It's like the guy sneaks onto the missiles and changes the codes while they're distracted by the sexy lady on the road. Uh, well, Gene Hackman shows up in an ambulance disguised as like an ambulance driver to save her. <laughs> but uh, this doofus Otis, you messed up and you didn't set the coordinates on the fourth one. So now we got to do a different scheme. This is some real padding. <laughs> yeah. You could have picked one of these guys. 
Here's what I'll say. Uh, the doing where they have to come up with two schemes is the wrong number of schemes. Either they get it in one or there should just be a montage of them having to come up with increasingly ludicrous schemes to keep sneaking onto this missile. <laughs> that would be good. I was like, okay, did you get it right this time? Uh, I think so. Oh, wait, no. God damn it. Cut to them in like more ridiculous outfits. <laughs> That'd be a fucking good comedy bit, but doing it twice is weird. I could watch a whole TV show of this group doing schemes. Yeah, uh-huh. They got they got some Team Rocket energy to them. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Lois has gone out west to interview a Native American chief because all of their land got bought up um, by you know a mysterious third party. And she's like, "Well, wow. I just um, why would you sell you know this important land? Like, if you saw the offer you made us, I wouldn't care if it was General Custer." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Perry calls Clark into his office to, uh, like, just tell him that he's a spineless worm, basically. You need confidence! Aggression, kid! And I need to know more about this Superman! What's he like? What's he eat? What's his favorite base? He does the same fucking vid he did earlier! <laughs> but, uh, Clark kind of drowns him out, because... Luther has created a, uh, like, loudspeaker that only dogs and Superman can hear. This is a really good bit. This is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a perfect mad genius scheme. Yeah, it's very, like, Green Goblin from Spider-Man kind of thing. One thing uh, about with Perry saying, like, the same things, I do love in a movie whenever someone, like, says the same thing to two different people, because that's what yeah. people do, but it's very fun to see it from a third-person perspective. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Lex is sort of, yeah, subsonically letting Superman know that he's created a poison gas canister that'll kill everyone in the city unless, you know, Superman comes to stop him. You know, and he want, you need to know how better to get his attention than a crisis. And as he's saying that, yeah, uh, Clark climbs out a window, dives out of it like a fucking, like, Olympic diver, and just morphs into Superman partway through. He's a magical boy. He's a magical boy. That's just true. Now, uh, one minute, 49 minutes into this film, it's time for Lex Luthor to uh, introduce the plot. I do like Superman uh, spinning like Bugs Bunny to drill a hole through the street to go down to Lex's lair. Yeah. When this movie is just a cartoon is when it's the best, I think. Yeah, it needs to be more of a cartoon. Yeah. This 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 is too caught up in trying to be, you know, Mario Puzo, uh, author of The Godfather, wrote this film. It's really trying to sell you on, like, the grandeur of Superman, which, again, is when it's most, like, fucking Randian subtext comes out. Yes. Like, ah, you're not this guy, but you can appreciate how cool he is. Like, this is not fucking, like, the Superman that people like these days where it's just like he's just like the nicest man who's ever lived that just likes to help people and will always listen to your problems even though he's got more important shit going on yeah ascribing that to this movie seems just incorrect that's just not what this superman is not at all and like honestly this is not, that's not what superman comics from this time were that's like do you remember superman is a dick Yes. Like that blog that just posted random old Superman panels of him just doing outlandish, cruel nonsense to his friends. I hope that's still around. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it. Superdickery.com. There we go. Slash tag slash Superman is a dick. Most recent post, October 2017. So it seems like it's perhaps over, but at least it's, all, it's, it's archived. Yeah, you know, there's a limited amount. There's only so many. 
the last update is, let's see, we've got Superman getting shot by what is maybe Captain Marvel or is maybe a different Superman in just a weird costume? Don't know. He says, yesterday I stole your identity, Superman. Today I'll steal your life because now I'm Clark Kent and you're not. And then in the corner, there's a TV where it looks like Clark Kent is saying in the headline, Superman is washed up. The new hero of Metropolis is Blackrock. That wasn't very funny. I was hoping there'd be a funny bit to this, buddy. <laughs> kind of really, boy, I really invested a lot in assuming you, uh, you called a good, funny comic book cover and that even though I hadn't laughed yet, I would by the end of it. But no, you just kind of, that's just nothing. That's part for the course with these old websites. I, th I think, yeah. broadly speaking, online has gotten better at humor over time. Yeah, that's that's de absolutely true. Yes. These TikTok kids, they can do all sorts of video editing. You seen this TikTok thing? It's really taken <laughs> off. But yeah, Superman confronts Lex in his lair. Um, and Lex is like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't actually plant a poison gas bomb. Cool idea, though, right? Actually, he's going to um, nuke the San Andreas fault line so that the West Coast falls off and all the land he bought is going to be the new West Coast. Right, he's bought all of the worthless land to the east of the San Andreas Fault. And once he <laughs> he just shaves California down with a nuke, then everyone will want his beachfront property. <laughs> this is such a good plan. This is such a good, doofy Superman villain <laughs> plot. I love this. Because Superman, of course, treats this with deadly seriousness. And because there's two missiles, even even with Superman's speed, he couldn't possibly stop both of them. But he could if he just reaches into this box for the detonator. Yeah, Superman's a real rube in this scene. <laughs> real gullible doofus. Lex got his ass completely. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> like, whatever you do, don't open that box. It'll foil my plan. Okay, well, I will simply open the box then. Oh, no! Kryptonite! <laughs> We didn't even know Kryptonite existed. It's, it's less, it, he may as well have offered Superman a can of peanut brittle <laughs> that, that a spring-loaded Kryptonite snake popped out of. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so now Superman, oh, he's been weakened. He's a mere, you know, anyone can defeat him now. He barely has the strength to stand as Lex hangs this Kryptonite chain around his neck and throws him into his pool. Aw, oh, jeez. Uh, but unfortunately, Lex, for some fucking reason, has sent the other nuke to uh, New Jersey, where his evil girlfriend's mom lives. Well, is, is that the one that was mistakenly programmed? No, because they fixed it. There wasn't a mistaken one. Okay. Yeah. The guy, I know where the other one's going, Superman. It's going to Hackensack, New Jersey. And yeah, what? why did he target Hackensack, New Jersey? I assume the idea... They don't explain this. This is just me <laughs> trying to figure it out. But, like, maybe he was just trying to send it, like, to the opposite end of the country so that Superman couldn't catch both missiles. I would probably send it to the opposite end of the planet. Well, sure, but uh, I don't think the rest of the planet exists in this movie. <laughs> that's true. We know that there are ancient Chinese texts. That's it. That's, you know, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Contemporary to Jor-El's time. Say, I feel like a good barometer of whether, like, the version of Superman you're watching sucks or not is whether he includes the American way part of his slogan. <laughs> Yeah, he does say truth, justice, and the American way. Which it's not like that's something that they cut later. Like, they've gone back and forth over the decades as to whether that's one of the things he stands for. I mean, later when he's fucking dropping off Lex to the prison warden, he says, we're all on the same team. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, so Superman's gonna drown in this pool, except, uh, evil girlfriend is like, Superman, I'll, I'll save you, but only if you promise to save my mom first, before anybody else. <laughs> Superman hesitates, like, but my girlfriend. <laughs> he does, he's, like, in the pool. 
people were like half drowning, be like, please, you have to help me save millions of people. Only if you save my mom first. Oh, but what about Jimmy and Lois? <laughs> but, you know, look, uh, this just proves that Superman does inspire people. Right. He can even turn the evil girlfriends into betraying Lex Luthor. Right, except she's doing it entirely out of self-interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really work. No, I wouldn't say that Superman inspires anybody in this film. No, he doesn't inspire a single person. Yeah, no. This is the closest they get to that, and if that's what they were going for, they fucked up. Uh, but yeah, she takes the kryptonite off of him and, like, throws it down a drain, and then she realizes he's still weakened, so he just she just gives him a smooch real quick. Superman's so upset about it. I think, it, to me, it just read more as confused. Like, wait, why did you kiss me first? Well, because you wouldn't let me after. It's just that they spend so much time on it when they could have easily just cut away. Well, that's this whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> so Superman flies off. We now enter our, like, death-defying, you know, climax of this film as he's flying around on a green screen to catch this nuke. Luke, how can he possibly save everybody? Not even Superman can stop two nukes at the same time. He redirects the, the New Jersey rocket into space where it explodes harmlessly, and then he has to fly into the San Andreas Fault. But of course, Lois is in the area because she was interviewing that guy, so, you know, she's in danger. You know, the Golden Gate Bridge is collapsing, and this train is running off the tracks. Oh no, everything's going all bad! But uh, they do just reverse the footage of the San Andreas Fault collapsing when he's down there. Yeah, that's his power. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, you know, he does it, but Lois gets gruesomely crushed underneath a bunch of rocks. I do like the part, real quick, where he has to lay down on the train tracks to be part of the rail. That is fun. <laughs> That's some good silly superhero-y to me. Yeah. <laughs> Superheroism. Oh, uh, the whole dang Hoover Dam's bursting. You know, uh, uh, guy's having a real rough day. But yes, eventually he saves everybody, but Lois dies, and he's like, oh, fuck this. What is he supposed to do? He couldn't save Lois. He couldn't save Lois. I guess there's nothing can be done. Guess not even Superman can save everybody all the time. Except, oh, but what if? What if he was God and can do anything? What if he flies up into the sky and briefly sees Jor-El, hears his voice in the heavens, and is like, Hey, remember I said no time travel shit. <laughs> and Superman says, fuck you, Dad, and famously flies around the earth to make it turn backwards thereby reversing time how are you feeling about this one on this watch luke uh what part I, I i think on one of the episodes of this recently you said that you like this and i didn't really care for it i like the silliness of it yeah it's funny to me that he can turn time backwards by turning the world backwards yeah that is funny um why don't you like it well like, when Doctor Strange did this, uh huh. at least then, in theory, he, like, burned his relationship with his ally, and, and now that guy's a villain now. Like, there was some kind of consequence to it. Right. Here, he's just, I guess, making his dead dad mad, but it's not gonna matter. It is, uh, yeah. It should imply something, like, th this is, you know, if you will, like, going where no man should go kind of territory in a way that, like, yeah, there should be some kind of consequences, if not here, then implied consequences in the second movie. Is this, like, what frees General Zod or something? Maybe. I don't, I've never seen Superman 2. Either way, it's not, it's not in this movie. Yeah, it's definitely just, not. just, uh, happy, the day saved. Like, I don't like Man of Steel, but at the very least... It takes a toll on Clark when he kills General Zod. Yes. 
it has an effect on his emotional well-being. He has to make a decision, and he's not sure if it was the right one. Right, but this time he's simply got everything he wanted for no cost. This time he fucked up, but it was fine anyway. Also, I just, I don't like seeing, like, they really spent time showing Lois, like, gruesomely being suffocated by all these rocks. Yeah. And that kind of feels like, okay, if you're gonna do this, at least kill her. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's also just weird. It's another one of those things where just, like, the way we think about Superman has changed in the past, you know, 45 years or whatever. Uh, just that, like, I think of Lois as such a more active character than this. No, she doesn't do anything in this movie. <laughs> she does nothing in this movie, which, again, is in line with what Lois Lane was like at the time. It's not like they're doing wrong by the comics or whatever. It's just like, no, no, she's, like, a really good investigative journalist. She's, like, even kind of, you know, better than Clark at that side of it, right? Oh, no, she just kind of, she can't even spell good, huh? Okay. No, she can't even smell good. <laughs> she might smell good. We don't know. She can't even spell good. Meanwhile, Clark is the fastest typist. I do like that Clark gets hired because he's the fastest typist. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a good little goof. At one point, Clark says that um, he, he always tells the truth. And even the evil girlfriend repeats that. Like, if you if you say that you'll save my mom, I trust you because you never lie. Right. But he's kind of lying constantly, ain't he? Yeah, I mean, I guess the Superman persona never lies. You know, when he's when he's su Superman never lies. Clark lies all the time. Clark, Clark is like, you know, y yes, certainly. Clark the is a pathological liar. Yes, the secret identity itself is like a lie in a sense. But it's even bigger than that in this movie. He's he's setting up needless rigmaroles of lies. Yeah, he actively likes to make fun of everybody who doesn't know that he's Superman. Yes. And again, I think you're meant to just be in on the joke as the audience is like, oh, it's so funny that she hates Clark but in love with Superman, but ah, ah, what does she know? They're the same guy. What a laugh. And like, it's not like she hates Clark unreasonably. Like she's, you know, reasonably friendly to him in the beginning. It's just that he's so fucking annoying. Right. She's never like, honestly, she could be meaner to him justifiably. Yes. Uh, yeah, but Superman takes, uh, Otis and Lex to prison, I guess because Ms. What's-Her-Name, uh, had a change of heart at the 11th hour. She's absolved of all crimes. <laughs> Hold them in this, in this prison while they await a fair trial. <laughs> Superman, I don't know if you know how the legal system works. <laughs> I don't think that one was covered by Jor-El's crystals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lex, like, dramatically rips his wig off to show that he's bald. <laughs> I laughed at this. They got me. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I, I didn't realize that he was bald in this movie. Yeah, because this is from, like, because early on, Lex Luthor did have hair, and then they eventually decided to make him bald instead, and this movie kind of rides the line between it. They do show earlier Otis is, like, cleaning and tidying up his wig collection. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, this is the first time you see Gene Hackman with a bald cap on. But it's also like not clear in context why he pulls off his wig. No, he's like, it's like he's revealing his secret identity to the warden. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, aha, you thought it was a guy with hair, but really it was me, Lex Luthor. <laughs> you can tell because I'm bald. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then Superman flies away and smiles at the camera and that's the movie. It's kind of, kind of sucks kind of disappointing i did not expect to not have a good time with this no i was i was expecting that this would be like eh, you know fine whatever three star yeah. film this is uh maybe it's a two or lower star film i was expecting to like it like i didn't think it was gonna be batman the movie tier because what is but i thought it would be closer than it is nah they ain't, they ain't oh. the comparison 
there are good bits and good scenes and some good performances, but overall, thumbs down. How would you rate this on an, a, a letter? I was thinking about this earlier. I think I got to give it a flat C because I was thinking about would I rather rewatch this or the original Iron Man? And the answer is, I don't know. Can I not? Can I just skip both? <laughs> a flat C, really? Yeah. I'm going to go with a, uh, a D. Hmm. Well, now you got me thinking if I'm being too nice. <laughs> there are things I like, though. I like Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. I like most of the actors, honestly. Would you say you like more than 40% of the film? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, no, I like probably about 30% of the film. That's usually how I go when rating things where I kind of like some bits. It's like, how much, were, how much of the film did those good bits make up? Yeah, it's very long. A lot of it's boring. But I mean, to be fair, I'm not, like, it's not a purely quantitative thing, though, right? Like, sure. If if the if you only like twenty percent of it, but it's a really good twenty percent, then you know that's something. Yeah. Um. But you're right. I, boy. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go D plus. D plus. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'm. I'm. What's better than this movie on this list? Let's see. I mean, everything on the other movies list. Right. Uh, yeah. Worst non MCU movie we've watched. That's true. MCU movies that are better than this include, um... Or wait, how do we rate Jerry Maguire? I don't remember. Uh, D? Okay, so it is better than Jerry Maguire for me, at least. Jerry Maguire, yeah, C plus for you, D minus for me. I give it a C plus? That is... Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. Get Bump that on down to a D. That movie's only gotten worse in my memory. All right, I'm bumping that down to a D. Bad movie. Yeah, that movie's... Not, not, not really too much better than this movie. No. Maybe a little, maybe a little worse. <laughs> maybe a little worse. No one, f like, runs into a turnstile to transform into Superman and Jerry Maguire. So other D pluses that you have given, Luke, include... Okay. The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man okay. 2, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Avengers Age of Ultron, and then you gave Fs to the next two Avengers movies. Bump Hulk down to a D. It's, it's worse than those other ones. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm sorry to make you do spreadsheet work here. That's fine. But you know what? It's been it's been years since we've watched some of these movies now, and they're they've only curdled in my memory. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure these ratings would be different, but we can't change them unless we watch them again, and we're not going to do that. No, except for all the times I've made you change my ratings over the years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I won't change them unless I watch them. That's fair. That's fair. I can do whatever I want. That's true. Questions. Yeah. Casey Cosmos asks. How do you feel about the ska song Superman by the band's Goldfinger? Good song. I think that song is okay. I, listen, I fucking love that song. It's good time. I am having a good time if I'm listening to Superman by Goldfinger. The thing is that my Tony Hawk was the Game Boy Advance Tony Hawk. My Tony Hawk also did not have that one. I just independently got into that song by Goldfinger because I got into ska in high school. How happy would Superman be to get extra mozzarella sticks? Hmm. Here's the thing. I just watched a whole movie about Superman. I don't know. I don't think I can tell you his opinion on mozzarella sticks. He doesn't like smoking. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. Yeah. These are some of the things that make him so attractive. Right. He says he doesn't get hungry that often, but he does eat when he gets hungry. I mean, in the grand scheme, does it, you know, people generally don't get hungry that often a couple times a day. I, I get the sense that he doesn't eat every day. Hmm. Well, okay, when he is hungry, though, do you think he would enjoy a mozzarella stick? I think he would enjoy a mozzarella stick, but the question is specifically how happy would he be to get extra? So I think 
this Superman, by what is established in this film, be like, that's a little too much. If anyone else wants these, they can have it. I'm fine with just yes. my regular order of mozzarella sticks. Which is yet again, because there's absolutely Supermans that, like, will win the world mozzarella stick eating contest. <laughs> yeah, like Goku. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goku is so, is such a good character. I, we've been watching Dragon Ball, me and Chelsea, and it's great. We like, you know, started from basically the beginning and we're into like the King Piccolo stuff now and he's just a good little boy. Basically everything that's good about Superman is when they make him more like Goku. Yeah, I don't know. Like obviously people, there's reasons people make that comparison, but Goku is more, like, you know, he doesn't, he's more chaotic good. You know what I mean? Goku will do good incidentally because he just wants to fight strong people. And it just so happens that most of the strongest people are villains. Yeah, I guess I, I am also influenced by watching the Funimation dub, which like changed him to be a little more heroic. Yeah, yeah, totally. I also have that. And I had to kind of Dragon Ball Super is what really shook me out of that because he's an asshole on that show. <laughs> yes. Um, 21st Century asks, how do you like your Lex Luthor? Hairy or smooth? I mean, my iconic Lex Luthor is just the, the like, Bruce Tim Lex Luthor, so that. But I'm not, like, gonna throw a tantrum if he has hair. I don't, yeah, I don't really find Lex Luthor's baldness to be, like, a core character trait. Like, I know it was in his original appearance because his grudge against Superman is because he knocked, it knocked over his test tubes on his head. Right, that is... <laughs> old superhero <laughs> comics are so fucking good, man. Yeah, old superhero you comics just, are where it's at. It, they've got the, like, storytelling, like, narrative cohesion of, like, a second grader <laughs> telling you a story they made up. It rules. Yeah. It's like when Axe Cop got big, like, you know, five years ago or whatever. It's like, no, that's just what superhero comics were in, like, the 40s. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, like, I like Jesse Eisenberg's Lex. I have not, uh... You know, sampled Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor, so I'll have to withhold my judgment on that one. And finally, Modron asks, did you believe a man could fly? Um, no. No? I honestly, I mean, I don't know much about, like, the history of special effects, but the flying effects especially did not seem all that groundbreaking in this film. Yeah. Like, I, I gotta think wire work existed before this. I think the magic carpet ride looked pretty good, but mm, the action flying, not so much. I think the magic carpet ride suffers from a lot of those scenes. Just the like difference in graininess between them and the background is really apparent. Yes, especially on this uh, high definition home box office maximum version. Yeah, maybe it looked better when it was, you know, in theaters uh, in the 70s or whatever. I can't say because I wasn't born. But yeah, um, that's all our questions. Luke. Alrighty. They, they haven't made a ton. They've made less Superman films than Batman films. Yeah, yeah, because again, he's just such a hard character to write if you purposely tie your hands behind your back. Because there's this series, which Superman Returns is also part of. Right. And then Man of Steel. Yeah. And I guess there's old, like, 40 serials, but that's kind of it. There's not that many takes on Superman. Yeah, not so much. I'll say, before watching this movie, I was like, man, it's a bummer we're just going to move on to, like, more modern stuff. It'd be fun to watch the whole series since I haven't seen them. After this, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I I'm still kind of curious about the Richard Pryor one, just because, you know, that might be funny, but... Yeah. Eh. Next, we will be watching, by your request, Watchmen 2009. Right, because we, we have to calibrate ourselves to the Snyderverse with his original superhero movie. I've never seen that movie. I saw it like three times in theaters. I was real. That was when I was Snyder pilled when Watchmen came out. And then by the time it was on home video, I was like, I'm good. 
I I think I read the comic around this time in preparation for watching it. And I was a little uh, mixed on the comic, so I just didn't watch it. I liked the comic a lot when I read it as a high schooler. Like, I was a high school senior when that movie came out, I think. Uh, or just starting college, whatever. And then, like, I just on a whim a year or two ago, like, opened, like, checked that book out again and, like, just sort of read the, like, within the first panel of it, I was mortified by, like, oh my god, this is so clear, like... You could not be explaining more explicitly that Rorschach is the worst bastard to ever live. And I I was one of the idiots that thought he was like a cool, morally gray badass. Well, here's the thing. I think the reason why perhaps you thought that, why other people think that, is that later on, he does get a bunch of cool lines and actions. That's fair, but like literally his first thing is like, Boy, yeah, I beat up criminals for the same reason President Truman bombed the Japanese. Does say that. <laughs> I mean, they say that shit in lots of things. I, that's the opening right. to Fallout Four. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Watchmen will be a fun conversation, probably. And then after that, it's time to enter the Snyderverse, Man of Steel. We're gonna enter the Snyderverse. We're gonna watch Man of Steel. I'm so excited. I'll probably at least like it better than this because this was a pretty low bar to clear. <laughs> I'm so excited. I have to find the Superman joke. Oh, you do. It, it, uh, who could ever find one of those? <laughs> Luke, tell me, tell me about your plugs. Oh, sure. You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer until, you know, people keep saying that website's melting down any day now. I'll believe it when I see it. I haven't even seen one fail whale. What's a fail whale? Uh, back, like, in the mid-2010s, when Twitter was a little smaller, sometimes it would break and there'd be, like, an image of a birds carrying a whale. Huh. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah, 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 Um, I keep seeing people be like, oh, no, now right-wing rhetoric's gonna increase in this site. Like, what website have you been fucking using, guys? <laughs> Yeah, it was never uh, diminished. No. Uh, but, you know, hey, for now at least, SSJ Speed Racer on Twitter. We'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, you can also find me on AudioEntropy.com, where I do other podcasts such as Totally Reprise has always been cool, which, depending on when this comes out, might be over. We're getting close to the end of covering all of Twin Peaks. Uh, and then we will be moving on to other things, which I don't want to spoil because I don't know when this is coming out. Um, you can also find me on Idle on Playtest. It's an actual play RPG podcast. I GM two different campaigns, Idle on Disco and Idle on Ska, uh, both uh, revolving around mystery solving teens in a small town in Kentucky in 1999. And hey, what's this? 1979, the year Superman came out. Wow. Uh, that's a good podcast. You should listen to it. I love that podcast. I love it a lot. What about you, Crystal? Where can people find you? In addition to Eidolon, you can also find me on the Book of Medora podcast, where we have talked about The Legend of Zelda and Metroid. Yeah. I finally listened to the Book of Medora like a month or two ago. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, fuck. Why wasn't I listening to this at the time? Now I like now I can't have arguments with you people. I'm just shadow boxing at this point. Did you listen to all of it? Uh, I think so. Oh, you know what? I never, I skipped Twilight Princess because I was starting a new Breath of the Wild save and I wanted to jump to Breath of the Wild. I should go back and listen to the Twilight Princess apps. Yeah. But other than that, I listened to all of it. Yes. Aw, thank you. You're welcome. From funkidsjokes.com slash superman dash jokes. If you're looking for funny Superman jokes, then you found them. This is the best collection of Superman jokes anywhere. Fuck yeah. These Superman jokes are clean and safe for children of all ages. Fuck yeah. They are great for parents, teachers, babysitters, superhero fans, and anyone else looking to share some laughs with the kids in their lives. Other names for Superman include Clark Kent, the Man of Steel, Nightwing, and Flamebird. And well, now hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, no, Nightwing was a Kryptonian guy. That's who Nightwing named himself after. 
And his, is that true? Yeah, that's true. I didn't know that. And his real Kryptonian name is Kal-El. Superman jokes are fun anytime, but especially for kids' birthday parties and around Halloween when they dress up as their favorite superhero. If you really like Superman or have kids that do, then bookmark this page and check back often for new editions. You'll probably also want to check out our superhero jokes collection for Batman jokes, Ant-Man jokes, and more. I love that Ant-Man gets top billing there. <laughs> how did Superman fix the broken bridge? I don't know, Crystal, how? A lot of super glue. You know, <laughs> with all the lead up about how this is the best place to find <laughs> Superman jokes. I was expecting, you know, I don't know, more somehow. Okay, you you want to try a different one? <laughs> yeah, we we can roll the dice one more time. Why not? Why does Superman carry around a power converter when he's in the United States? I don't know. Because he's from the DC universe. Whew. <laughs> Okay, you want to try a third one, third time's a charm? I, I'm driving tonight, so I can't drink too many of these, but I can have one more. <laughs> what does Superman put in his lemonade? I don't know, Crystal. What does Superman put in his lemonade? <laughs> just ice. All right, then. Just Justice. Just, justice, uh -huh. <laughs> just, just ice, just, uh -huh. yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Well. Goodbye, <laughs> goodbye, everybody.